Okay, well, it's great to have you guys here today. You might be wondering what all the lights are doing up here, and uh, so I'm going to tell you that in just a minute. Uh, so today we're going to have a, l- a little bit of a different service. If, if there anybody that ever gets bored that we do the same thing over and over? Anybody ever get bored that at church sometimes you tend to do the same thing, sing the same number of songs? Raise your hand if you get bored. Well, all of you, you can say that we did something different today. Okay, so there you go. You will not be able to be bored. Don't be too excited there, Bernard. But um, So we're going to uh, continue our series on the Lord's favor. And what we're going to do is I'm going to speak for a little bit, and then we're going to have a time of prayer for a little bit. And then I'm going to speak for a little bit, and we're going to have time of prayer for a little bit. So if you have trouble keeping your attention for more than five minutes, this is the service for you. Um, and so um, just I, I, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, we have been going through Luke chapter four, and I wanted to share a couple pictures with you. My wife and I just got back from the conference in Florida, and I had to share Josh uh, Cologne was there. It was really cool uh, to see him, and just I know it was just great to see familiar faces, to have some dinners with uh, people from the desert. Um, but it was really special time. We had uh, the highlight probably of the conference was Wednesday night. We had a worship com- concert with about 15 or 10 to 15,000 people from all over, mostly North America, but all over the world as well. And so it was just cool to be together and just to see, you know, you don't realize how separated you feel over the years, over these last couple years especially, but to be able to be all together and go, you know what? There's other people that love God. There's other people that are that are faithful, that are together. That, you know, I, when I when when we were singing in the with the group, it was one of those moments where you just feel like you know, before God, we're all just one of the believers. Like there was no like leaders. There's no this. There's no that. It's just like, hey, we're all just disciples. We're all just faithful Christians. And it just gave me that vision of when we're in heaven, it doesn't matter who we are in this life or what we do, but we're all going to be able to participate in singing before God, holy, holy, holy. And that was pretty awesome. We got to meet a couple people from the Middle East that we hadn't met before. On the far right is Jacob. I won't try to pronounce his last name from Dubai. And he actually leads all of the Gulf churches. And uh, so... Mufid and Jesse and Sammy and Fadia kind of lead the Arab-speaking churches. And a lot of the churches in the Gulf are more English-speaking and everything. So it was cool to meet him. And then Madan from Oman. Madan from Oman uh, was there in the middle. So it was just cool to see uh, their faith, to send greetings from the church here, to be able to just give them a hug and let them know, uh, put a face with, um, with uh, all the, the names that we've heard in the past. And so now I'm going to get started here. Let's start with a prayer. Uh, Father, I do pray for this time that you bless us. God, I know that you want us to come before you to pray and lift up our voices to you, God. In in, in good times, in hard times, wherever we're coming from today, I pray that you will uh, hear our prayers, that they will be like incense coming before your altar. God, we love you. I pray that you get me out of the way and you just help us to really encourage you and be encouraged by you, by your spirit, in the next few minutes. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the, this is the passage that we've been studying out. And today we're going to focus on the very first part. I'm going to read the whole thing for you, and then we'll get back to the first part. 
It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. This is Jesus as he's starting his ministry. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I love that line and just proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. It wasn't like they were going to proclaim that everybody's in sin or proclaim that everybody needs to repent. No, they were proclaiming the favor of God that was shown through Jesus Christ. He says, then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying this to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And I pray that today can be one of those days that this scripture is fulfilled in our hearing. Where he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me and has anointed me. And you get that picture when Jesus was baptized, that the Spirit came down with him, came down on him like a dove and rested on him. Now, why did that happen? It didn't happen for Jesus because he already knew who he was. It happened to show that, the, that God was coming down to be with us, that he was literally sending the Spirit on him. And then it says the Spirit led him out into the desert to be tested, to pray, and to fast. And to grow in his faith, to be challenged. And I don't know about you, but I felt like the Spirit has led us into some challenge. Right? He's led us through some difficulties, and even maybe we're in some difficulties. But to, the Bible also says that when you're in having hard times, that's when you're supposed to what? Pray. Sing when you're happy. When you're having hard times, it's time to pray. And so today we're going to get to do that. Even if you're happy, you can pray as well. But the Spirit of God, it says that the Spirit is close to the brokenhearted. The Spirit is not close to the proud, but the Spirit is close to the humble. The Spirit is close to the sick and also to those who are completely devoted to God. It says, there's times when he says, when you're completely devoted to me, I will turn to you. The Spirit draws us closer to Jesus. That's his job. Those of you with the Spirit, he's always pulling us closer to Christ. And I pray that even today that we get closer to Christ. It convicts us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. It helps us to see our position in the world, that our life is not going to last forever. That our will is not the best way for our life, but God's will is the best way for our life. And it convicts us in those quiet moments when we realize, you know what, I'm messing up. I'm not where I need to be with God. I need to repent. I need to change. And it also says that the Spirit comforts us with grace, reassurance, and resurrection power. Someone said at the conference there that God is trying to push us out of our comfort zone. Push us where we're out of our own control. You ever feel that way? And if you're anything like me, I don't want to be out of control. I want to have it all figured out. I want to stay in a nice, comfortable area. And yet the Spirit of God is constantly pushing us out of our comfort zone because that's when we, can, that's when we get to rely on God. A lot of times when we feel strong, that's just us. 
When we feel weak and God can carry us, that's the spirit. And it's, I pray that you can feel the spirit moving in you, you today. The word anointed in the Old Testament is pretty amazing. When Moses went into the tabernacle, he anointed it and set it apart as holy. And then after he did that, then the spirit of God would come down into it and fill the entire place with smoke. Just a visual that God, I don't know why he did that, but they needed to see it. That God is here. We don't have smoke today, but God is here. Moses anointed Aaron as a priest. And then as the prophets came along, they would anoint the king. You know, Samuel anointed Saul and David. You can take a picture of that if you want to go back and look at it. But if you imagine what that was like. That David came back from the field and his, all of his brothers were there and he knelt down before Samuel and he poured an, a skin of olive oil over his head. Imagine just getting going to the grocery store, getting some olive oil and just going, hey, kneel down for a second. I'm anointing you in the name of the spirit here. And just having that go all down your face and into your clothes or whatever. Why would they do that? Because God wanted to give him something that he would never forget. He wanted to have that moment when before you were not anointed and right here you have been anointed before your brothers. And now your life is different. Now you're, you're never the same. You're never going to go back to who you were. You know, the Lord said that he would protect his anointed prophets and that he made Aaron's sacred garments holy and you can imagine through the years of the jewish faith that they the the high priest didn't wear new clothes he wore the same exact clothes that aaron wore because they only wore them once a year they didn't get too dirty but every year imagine thousands of years later you're putting on these clothes and realizing wow god made this jacket holy this beautiful thing that he made so that i can come into his presence And now we have the honor and privilege in the New Testament to look back on all these things and see them through Christ. While they were doing it, they didn't really know all these things. But now we can look back and see that God has set apart our temple as holy, our church, which is all of us that are in Christ. That he's made all of us priests, that we get to go before him. That Galatians 3 says when we're baptized, we clothe ourselves with Christ. Like literally put him on the same way that they would put on those sacred garments. And he anoints us with the spirit in the same way that we will never be the same, that we can never forget. What a blessing. And then in the New Testament, it says that he anoints John the Baptist was a lamp that burned. That kind of continues that analogy of the temple. But he anoints all disciples, all believers And then the apostles and elders would actually anoint people with oil and heal people. And it just got me thinking, like, maybe we need to do that more. Maybe once a month we need to have a time where we have elders come and and be able to pray and anoint people that are sick. we We did that with Chris Jacobson. That was amazing. But that was a long time ago. There's a lot of people that are probably sick right now that need that. So it just got me thinking about how to continue to practice Uh, that scripture.
So what we're going to do now is um, we're going to take breaks throughout the service and pray through the Lord's Prayer. And so the first section that we're going to pray through is he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. And so what we're going to do for the next five minutes or so is break up into little groups of two or three and really don't just pray these words, but that whole theme of our Father who art in heaven and picturing him looking down on us and just that perspective that it's not just our little world, that it's, it's, he sees everything. He's everywhere. And he's not my father. He's our father. I don't, he's, we don't have a control over him ourselves. He's all of our father. We're all brothers and sisters and really being able to give him praise and thanksgiving. So we're going to do that for the next few minutes, just like get in little groups of two or three, however you want to near you. And uh, then I'll, I'll call you back in a few minutes. And we're going to turn the lights down to make it easier. Thank you.
All right, guys. How'd it go for you? Pretty good? It's a little awkward, I have to say, even myself here, but we're getting in the groove over here. If you, if you don't know what to pray about, you can just pray for the people that you're praying with. That was, that was helpful, too. So, um, But, yeah, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And as we think about praising God, my thought is that praising and giving go together. You know, if, imagine we're going to take a short time to talk about our contribution for a second, but imagine when you go to give your contribution that you had a really bad day. You just got home from work, you're getting inside, and it's like, oh, now, right now at this second is when you're going to give your contribution. How do you think that's going to be? You're going to be like, ah, I don't know, man. I'm not into it right now. I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to kind of cut back or I'm not feeling it. But here when they were giving to God, it says they were praising God. And that's the place where they could see what God has done in their lives. And that's when they started giving to God. That's a whole different thing, right? When you're on the mountaintop and you're like seeing God, giving to God is just an extension of our worship and our prayer. And this is David. He says, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt, and you give strength to all. But who am I and who are my people that we are able to give as generously as this? And you could tell that David was in the spirit, that he was fired up, that he was giving to God out of gratitude. And I pray that even as we give and, you know, here's the information on how to give. But even as we give, that we're giving as we're praying to God and we're worshiping him and reminded of how much that he's given us. And I'm going to say a prayer as we think about our giving and give to God. Father, we thank you for this chance to worship you. We're thankful for the time to be able to acknowledge your glory and majesty and power and strength, and that you give it to your people and you give it to us, God. You protect us. You guard us. You've blessed us with our families, with our jobs, with our homes, with food, with everything that we have. God, I know, please forgive us for the times that we think that everything we have is ours. And even as David acknowledges here that everything we have is yours. And I pray that we can give to you with a pleasing heart. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the next part of the prayer that we're going to be praying is your kingdom come. And you might think, how many of you guys learned the Lord's Prayer when you were little? Right? I mean, when I was five years old, I was able to, you know, go through this. And I never realized that of all the ways that Jesus could have taught us how to pray, he used these simple words. He tells a parable. But this is the time when he gives us kind of like the spark notes of prayer. And he doesn't want us just to pray through it all the way through, just simply go through the three sentences or whatever. But these are, are, are like uh, gold mines of faith 
that we can dig into him being our father, that we can dig into your kingdom come. And in another translation, it says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you think about God's kingdom and praying to advance God's kingdom and praying to help the poor and free the oppressed and bring good news to people and free them from sin, and, and then you think about your kingdom come, not my kingdom come. Not your kingdom come, but his kingdom come. That it's not about us. And that reminds me of Jesus when he was in the garden. Father, not my will, but your will be done with my life. Not what I want, but what you want. Jesus is teaching us that our prayers are not to benefit us, but to benefit God's kingdom. And for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're surrounded by bad news. We're bombarded by things that we don't like. And maybe those are there to remind us to pray for God's will to be done on earth. For everyone to be treated equally as they were created equally. For people to be loved the way God loves them. For people to have the basic necessities, the way God wants to provide them, for people to be in a relationship with God and not be separate from him. And so this prayer reminds me of humility and mission. And so in our second time of prayer, to be able to pray for God's kingdom to be done around you, maybe that's with people you love, maybe that's with people you're trying to help, maybe that's for us to put down our own will. Maybe there's something that's getting in the way of your relationship with God that you're going after more than you're letting God direct you. I had a brother say to another brother, he said, you're pushing so hard, you're not letting God lead you. You're pushing where you want to go for what you want and not going where God wants you to go. So maybe that's you. And so for the next few minutes, let's pray about his kingdom come and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. So you can switch up people. You can pray with the same people that you did before. And then we'll call you back in just a few minutes.
All right, thank you guys. You guys doing all right out there? All right, good. We're halfway home here. We're halfway home. That was great. Appreciate some people mixing it up, praying with new people. Uh, This next section is give us each day our daily bread. And to think about thanking God for the basics that he gives us, food, shelter, life. But the thing that it makes me think of is just give us each day our daily bread, not take care of me 10 years from now or what I'm trying to go for in the future, but stay grateful for the moment. Be grateful for what God has given us day by day, not to worry about the future, right? If we're grateful for every day, then we're trusting ourselves to our Heavenly Father who takes care of us and knows what we need. And so right now what we're going to do, instead of a lesson for me here, we're going to have a fellowship break. And see, we're doing all kinds of different things today, (laughs) mixing it up. And so in the fellowship break, what I want you to do, though, is obviously greet each other and get to know people, but also ask them what you can pray for them for. And if you want to write it down, like make a note on your phone or something so you can pray for that person when we in a few minutes when we go back to our prayer groups. And I would even ask you to pray for that thing for that person for the whole week. Right. So from now till next week to be able to pray for at least one person and whatever their needs are for the next week. And so we're going to break into a fellowship break. And then in about five minutes, we're going to get together in our third prayer groups. Feel free to mix it up this time and uh, ready break.
All right, everyone. That's our fellowship part. I know we're just getting going, right? So now we're going to move into prayer. So you can almost just take the same people you're talking to and be able to pray uh, for each other. This one is uh, praying for our daily bread. Wow, you guys did good. That's the fastest we've ever kind of stopped fellowshipping like ever. Uh, so uh, this time is going to be praying for our daily bread. You can pray for yourself, for your family, your church, your community. And don't forget to pray for the person that you just talked to. All right, cool. Thanks, Bernard, with the lights.
right, guys, another few seconds if you're finishing up. you Bernard okay and then Jesus closes out this section asking them to pray to that God would forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation and I love the way Jesus wants us to praise him before we start talking about our sin he wants us to thank him and to pray about his kingdom and pray about our daily needs before because so many times when we sin that's kind of all we want to pray about and so we can be beaten down we can be guilted we we can look at our sin before we look to god and i'm glad that he wanted us to look to god first and then look at our sin look to jesus and then you can see how your sin can be taken away and um i pray that we as we think about um, our sins, that we, we look at them in a way where God wants to forgive you. God wants to take those away. That's why he came in the first place. That's why it was called good news and not bad news. Jesus came to bring good news of forgiveness to each one of us. He came to give us power to change. And maybe today you're feeling hopeless in a certain area, And it's time to go to God one more time and ask him to forgive you. One more time to ask him to strengthen you and help you try again. And I think if we stop coming back to God, that's when we quit. We don't quit when we fall short. We quit when we stop coming back and asking for forgiveness and asking for help and strength and leading for him to lead us away from temptation And I was reminded of this at our conference, as awesome as it was, I got to see people from all over the world. And, you know, I've been in the church for over 30 years, so I know a lot of different people. And there were certain people that I saw that I felt a little tinge. You know what I mean? You go, oh, man, I'm not sure if I like that person. Or, oh, I remember. I'm just keeping it real, right? Ministers are like you, right? We're people, too. It's like, oh, I remember what that person did to me. You know, it was so great. Before I came to this conference, I didn't even remember that. And now that I'm here, you reminded me of how you hurt me. And that was, honestly, that was one of my three takeaways from the conference, forgiveness. One was humility, and one was how I really desire safety. But the, other, the last one was forgiveness. And that was just a really good reminder that God wants us to continually go with each other. Not to have attitudes because people think this way or that way or because they hurt me 10 years ago. And sometimes forgiveness is not a one-time event. You ever realize that? It's like over and over and over and over. And sometimes for the same thing, over and over, even though they haven't done it in 10 years, I still have have it come up and I need to forgive them again. Or other times it's with people within your own house. So maybe they're doing the same thing, but for the hundredth time that week, you know, and you have to forgive again and again. And so I love the 
the, uh, the opportunity that we have. And the promise and the challenge where Jesus says, if you don't forgive them, then I'm not going to forgive you. And so he makes us go there because a lot of times we don't want to go there, but he makes us go there so that we can continue to deal with our hearts. And so I pray that we enjoy this time to, uh, as we take our communion together, to remember Jesus, to remember him forgiving even while he was suffering immensely, where he could look at his captors and say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I pray that we can forgive those that live within our own house. I pray that we can forgive the person looking back at us in the mirror. Sometimes that's the hardest person to forgive. I pray that we can forgive those that have sinned against us that don't even know it. We can forgive those that have sinned against us and know it. We can forgive those who apologized to us and those who didn't. Because I know that Jesus forgives us in all those circumstances. I'm sure we've sinned this week when we haven't even known it. I'm sure we've apologized. I'm sure we haven't apologized. But I'm just grateful that Jesus looks at us and can wipe us clean every single day, every single minute. And so uh, let's take our last time to pray. And this is going to really be the closeout for the service. uh, Almost the closeout for the service. So uh, we're going to pray give you a few minutes to pray uh, forgiveness for ourselves and for that we'll be able to forgive those around us. Thank you. And don't forget to take communion when you're done.
if you haven't uh, taken communion yet, now would be a good time. When Jesus reminded the disciples to take the body and remember his, take the bread and remember his body and the blood and the juice to remember his blood that was shed for us.